Welcome to episode number one of the Ty Walls Podcast, featuring Dakota Howard. Dakota, or Cody as he is commonly known, hails from Cleveland, Ohio, and is currently a redshirt senior for the Virginia Tech wrestling team. He's an NCAA qualifier and has wrestled several weight classes while competing for the Hokies. Our conversation includes his early life in combat sports, his time at legendary St. Edwards High School, video games, and much more. Cody is a fantastic example of growth and persistence, both as an athlete and a young man. I look forward to revealing more of who he is to all who choose to listen. Before we begin the show, I have zero sponsors, but I do have somebody to thank. The microphone I'm currently speaking into was loaned me by my friend and Virginia Tech Wrestling team chaplain, Reed Monahan. He has his own brilliant podcast, The Gospel Underground, so please be sure to go check that out if you get a chance. Now, I present to you my conversation with Dakota, the junkyard dog, Howard. All right. I started recording. You are officially my first guest on the Ty Walls podcast. Thanks for joining me today, Cody. No problem. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk to you about whatever we get into, wrestling, whatever, <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> Zero questions I have written down, but uh, I guess I'd like to start with what do you get into today? Did you guys lift this morning? What did you have going on this afternoon? Uh, we had a lift this morning. It was really good. You know, I have a modified lift now since everything that's happened to me this year and yeah we have practice this afternoon and I can't wait to like watch the coaches run in and stuff and hit my cardio I actually have hot running me a new workout plan this afternoon I've been kind of been doing my own thing but I want some structure this afternoon which is going to be nice so with everything that's been going on you said what specifically kind of have you been dealing with I know it's an elbow um just just uh kind of explain to anybody that's listening what have you been going what have what has been going on with that so earlier this year during practice I was wrestling and I got into double under overs for any wrestling fans that know what that is out there and um my partner wants to go throw me and he tore a ligament that connects my bones in my elbow and at first I'm like eh it's not that bad I'll kind of wrestle through it and then me being a little bit too tough and hard nosed and not taking the proper time off. I uh, kind of made it worse, and now I had to get a PRP shot for it, which is they take blood out of your other arm, spin it around in this machine, and it takes all the good cells and pumps it back into your arm. And now I've been waiting for that to get better as time progresses. So hopefully it'll get better. Yeah, so you're not the best injured wrestler you would say <laughs> no not at all i can't do a spencer lee and wrestle double torn acls but i like to say that i gave it a try an honest try and you know things didn't turn out in my favor and now i have to do the hardest thing for me as a person and that's take time off the mat and that's really really sucks it out of me because i love going and going that's what i meant not not in terms of actually wrestling out on the mat injured nobody's te- technically good at that but I mean taking the proper amount of time off and actually waiting for your elbow to heal. Um, I, I imagine that's something for you that's going to be the most challenging thing, correct? Yes, that's completely correct. Even my Seth Diders, my weightlifting coach, said, Cody, don't be squatting 500 pounds when you get home. And I'm like, I get it, yada, yada, yada. I'm not the kindness to my body. And now being a fifth year, that's something I need to get better at. And not knowing that is my training needs to be more focused around quality over quantity. I'm not a freshman anymore where I need to be killing myself every day. I need to be more smart, strategical with my training. And Hot and Roby are starting to figure that out with me too. And we're going to be better when I come back and hit that mat in a couple of weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long process in college. And it's so crazy. I mean, especially because, I mean, I feel like I'm cut from the same cloth as you. Similarly, where I like to run my head against the wall. That was the hardest transition for me on the senior level too, where it's like, you know, especially now being 28 years old, it's like I really have to, you know, let let my foot off the gas a little bit to figure out and find that happy medium for what you want your training to look like and what it needs to be. But it's hard to find that. Um, and especially like for you, I feel like you've had so much good momentum going. You, you were wrestling better and better. You, you filled into uh, now your third weight class in college um, and and you were we're heading in the right direction. So I know it's difficult to 
to have to do that. But I mean, I think you learn all these lessons for, for some type of reason and, and it's going to move you forward. Uh, inevitably. I, com- I completely agree with you. And I was just going to talk about how like this may be stronger in my faith and like knowing that there's a higher purpose for me and knowing that I have to look at this at a different perspective as opposed to usually when I get injured, I usually feel down about myself. I get negative. You know, I've been, I talked to you about like trying to like be more positive and uplifting and the longer I've been off the mat and the more like I've been thinking about it, the better I've been at this mindset of being, all right, I tell myself every day, like I'm healing, I'm getting better. I'm healing, I'm getting better. That's why I'm going to keep telling myself until I hit the mat again. And I just got to trust the process and realize that I just can't give up and there's something bigger for me out there. Like Khabib, I saw, I put this on my Instagram story about, Khabib saying that never give up no matter how hard it is my dad always told me to never give up your time may not be now but it might be further down the line you gotta wait for your time to come and eventually it will that's a great example of your mental fortitude man that's that's pretty awesome and I mean wrestling there's just so much persisting through adversity um and and even with what you had mentioned about uh, understanding that there, there's a higher purpose to it. I, I do believe that God's not going to put anything in your life that isn't supposed to redirect you uh, into a place where you're going to learn more from it. And I feel like for guys like you that are super tough, you know, you have to actually get faced with some type of problem that's going to make you uh, put everything in order that you're trying to. Like, you, okay, all right, I, I, I want to just work out super hard and I know that I'm heading in the right direction, but like, nope. You need to still learn this lesson. You need to learn this this lesson or that lesson before you can f- inevitably reach that that Cody Howard that you're supposed to be. That's that's great though. Yeah, that's what the direction I've been heading in. And like you said, we're cut from the same cloth. That's why Roby likes us so much because we like to bang our heads up against the wall. <laughs> Roby absolutely loves that. But now even Roby's telling me to slow down. And if I know Roby's telling me to slow down, I have to slow down because that's his style. And that's just who he is. <laughs> I think that's because from like the coaching perspective, you can always get guys that love wrestling, that love working hard to tone it down a little bit, sort of. But you can't really tune that tune that up yeah. like you can't you can't make somebody that doesn't love the sport or doesn't love working hard really like it and that's that's why it's those are more malleable people they're easier to work with but um so kind of going back to um where you come from and who you are because obviously i mean you're, you're trying to change right now and you're you're focused on these things now later in your college career um but you grew up fighting and I think that's really interesting, and I think that that probably plays a huge role in what makes up um, you today. And I know that's something you want to do in the future. So, um, growing up, what was it like fighting? So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood in Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up in a suburb called Parma. I just say Cleveland because you know Cleveland's such a big city and it gulps a lot of things. But I grew up in Parma, and that's like. I didn't grow up in the inner city, but Parma's where all the like poor, like poor lower class Caucasian people live at or white people live at. You're and talking about me right now. You're talking <laughs> about me right now. <laughs> I, I spent a ton of time in Parma, bro. And, and I am a poor Caucasian dude. So, <laughs> so you're pretty spot on with that. No offense to any any uh, proper no, middle class families in Parma. Yeah, no offense to them, but where I was at, I grew up in the apartments where near Greenbrier all over there and like the brick ones. The yeah, the brick, brick ones. ones. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then eventually we got into a house, but, you know, it wasn't, like, anything special. But, anyways, just growing up around there, I got bullied a lot growing up. I'm talking, like, every time I walk back from school, I always, like, there's always be, like, a couple kids always, like, calling me names or, like, calling me fat, cross-eyed, this and that, and, like, beating me up. And I was always, I was always a soft kid. Yeah. Like, I was never, I was never tough as I am today. Like, I made leaps and bounds and, like, toughness. And I always get, like, jumped. I can't up. picture the soft Cody Howard. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't picture you, you, like, somebody talking smack to you and you being, like, okay with it. Yeah, I would cry. I would just cry. My dad used to get so upset with me. My dad used to be so hard on me and so upset with me whenever I would cry a lot because I was never, I always wanted to, like, love. I never wanted to be, like, angry or violent or vicious all the time yeah and like after a while me getting beat up all the time and me going to karate school my dad owned the karate school growing up on the east side of cleveland and it was really ran down not a lot of like like he had 
good students, but he had a lot of tough-nosed guys off the streets come in, and I was constantly sparring with them and getting stronger and stronger through that. But there was this one, this one point of view that I always like maybe flip a switch. That's when my dad, when I was like six years old, like we did karate training and I wasn't good at it, and he gave me my yellow belt. And he whispers in my ear, he's like, "You didn't deserve this." <laughs> 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 from that moment on, I'm like, all right, I'm if I don't deserve it or not, I'm about to get significantly a lot tougher. I'm about to put my all into this, and I'm about to learn how to fight as well as I can. I'm tired of getting picked on. I'm tired of getting jumped after walking home from school for no reason. And from that point on, I just stuck my nose into wrestling, stuck my nose into fighting, and I just improved and improved as much as I humanly possibly can over and over again until I got to a tougher mindset pretty much so you started with karate and then did it go to learning boxing or jujitsu or did it go to wrestling first i actually don't know this too uh i just started with karate and my dad when he was getting ready for his mma fights i would train with them and i, okay, I was one so of his you training were, partners you were fighting then yeah probably first i was young age i was like eight or nine and i'll he'll have jujitsu jujitsu instructor called steve come in and he's from real pro he got it he was still on his purple blue belt and he was learning jujitsu working his way to become a professor status which is a black belt and that's where i got a lot of my jujitsu knowledge from was from working with him constantly while my dad was getting ready for fights that's where most of my jujitsu knowledge comes from then i was really heavy overweight as a kid so my dad put me in wrestling just to get me active and like do stuff and let me tell you i was horrible at wrestling i absolutely I didn't hate it. I liked it because it's I, easy to hate. Yeah, it's, easy, it's, easy it's a hate. real easy sport to hate. <laughs> and like, I didn't like it because my dad was just forcing me to do it. And I didn't like doing hard things when I was younger. I just slowly started to mold into that type of person of like just start being caring and loving into just trying to turn myself into a monster and like be able to like fight and wrestle and like do those things. And I didn't start loving wrestling until like my fourth year. Like three years, I was I was owing thirty six, and I didn't win a single match. I just kept getting pinned and beat up, and I was like, "Your fourth year, you were in what? Probably like sixth or yeah, sixth, sixth grade. seventh grade. Okay, yeah, that's when I started to like get below average at wrestling. Like I was like bad. What were you before that? <laughs> yeah, I was I was really bad. <laughs> then I got up to like below average, and I'm like, all right, I can get and get behind this. All right, I'm getting better. <laughs> if, if wrestling had its own belt system, <laughs> yeah. you'd be you'd be real bad, yeah. and you would have got your your below yeah, average belt. belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the years I've been wrestling, really did not account for how good I I should have been. But yeah, after that, and then. I was training with my dad one time at the Russell Factory. They had an MMA program, and I was sparring with the adults. And Coach Mike Kalzeki was, was like, "Did your son wrestle?" And my dad's like, "Yeah, he's in like the public school program. Yada yada yada. He's all right." And then Coach Kalzeki just keeps looking at me sparring and fighting without fear and shit. And, and this is when you're how old? I was uh twelve. I was twelve eleven. Dang! So you knew Coach Kalzeki then? Yes. I thought maybe me. you had just started going over to the factory when you were. Um, when you got to St. Ed's, but you went over there when you're kind of the youth age. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Because Coach Kozaki kind of helped my dad train for a couple of fights, and he no saw way. me. Yeah, he saw me training with the adults, and he's like, "I want your son to wrestle for me." And my dad was like, "All right, I come wrestle for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I got really good at wrestling with them, like wrestling through the West Shore program, and then yeah. like after a while, they everyone came to love me because of my hard work ethic and. Eventually, I went to Ed's, and that's how, like, my MMA and kickboxing transitioned into me going into Ed's with Coach Kalzeki. And then Coach Kalzeki did numerous things for me, like take me to practice. He cut me deals. He tried to help me pay for my Fargo. And, like, he really made it happen for me to, like, become the best version of myself in wrestling. I can't thank him enough. Same with St. Ed's as well. Coach Urbis, Coach Seiko, uh, Coach Hef, they all really put me to another level of my wrestling game. Gosh, if you're going to go on a tangent of thanking all the guys at St. Ed's that made you who you are, then I have to join in, too. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I probably still wouldn't be wrestling either, nor would I have ever ended up wrestling at Virginia Tech or inevitably, uh, you know, even like recruiting you when I when I kind of did um, if, if I didn't go to St. Ed's either. Um, what was it like growing up with a dad that fought for a living? Like, I feel like... 
I don't know. Like, my dad was, like, a kind of a underground utility worker. And obviously in Cleveland, Ohio, too, where, you know, I'd see him come home from work every day. And for me, I was easy to look at him, be super either sweaty during the summertime or be super cold if it was in the wintertime. And I'd be like, I don't want any part of that. But did your dad, when he was fighting, did it some somewhat inspire you to try and do combat sports? Oh, uh, yeah, it definitely did because that's growing up, like my dad, I was glued to my dad's hip. I constantly went to go work out with him. I was constantly up at his karate school. I was either up there training hard or like not like I was constantly around him and mm-hmm. fighting really molded me in a good and bad way. I had to take to go with the bad. Right now I'm starting to understand the bad, but I'm still going to take what's good and what it gave me. And my dad was very, look, you know, my and my dad have a complicated relationship, but at the same time he gave me toughness and I respect him and love him for that, for the toughness he has given me. And I'm starting to learn more lessons in my life. And just like if you have a really hard dad and like when you come to college, it's really different because he's not around you all the time. You start experiencing more new things in life. So at this point, I'm starting to take the best things my dad gave to me throughout his MMA career and watching him fight and him inspiring me through that stage of his life and seeing him like work hard towards his dreams and goals. Even though he fell short, I can still see his progression and see where I can improve upon right there. That's awesome. Yeah, perspective is a crazy thing, too. And it continually changes, too, where I'm sure if I would have asked you that same question, I don't know, coming out of high school, it would have been drastically different than uh, what you answered now, which is which is awesome. But kind of going back to, to St. Ed's, too, when you when you went there, was your goal to be a Division One college wrestler, or was the goal just go wrestle at, because they have a good wrestling program? And and how'd you even end up at St. Ed's too? Um, oh man, that's a long, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long, drastic, complicated story. Man, I'll get I'll get a little personal. My uh, my mom and dad, we didn't like we had we are we are all right. We didn't really have the money to afford Ed's, and my dad didn't want me to go. My dad said he, I was going to be successful wherever I went. Yeah, and I'm I'm super happy to, to make Ed's. you feel better too. I also did not have enough money to go to Ed's. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my dad, <laughs> funny you say that. My dad was we were on the payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was against going me going to Ed's drastically. He didn't want me. He didn't want me to go. He felt some type of way. My mom was going home. My mom wanted me to go. My yeah. mom's like, he's going to get the best training there. He's going to get the best education. Dude, moms get it, man. Yeah, they know. They know what's up. Like. Yeah. I swear, dude, like, and the more I realize it, especially being on the horizon of being a dad, it's like, there's definitely a lot of stuff that I'm okay. Even just, okay, I have two dogs. The stuff that I let my dogs get away with, way different than what their mom lets them get away with. She's much more strict. She wants them to do this and that, so they do this better in the future, and... I'm sure your mom had the same instinct now where she's like, uh-uh, he's, he's going to go to this one. That That's going to be the best choice. Whatever we got to do, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and she, God bless my mom's heart. She worked multiple jobs. She did everything she could to get me through Ed's, and I, I love her for it. And she, she did her best, and I have the utmost respect for her in so many ways that she like did those things also to coach herbers for helping us get me through ads and you know doing a lot of things he didn't need to do to get me to those trips and stuff because a lot of times like i always remember this one experience well deviating off let me just get back to me going to ads <laughs> you take your time bro um yeah my dad was totally against it and eventually my mom just my dad caved in, and my dad had some choiceful words for me. But, you know, it is what it is. It's in the past. But I eventually went to Ed's, and it was a complete culture shock of me, like, training in that room and wrestling with better guys. Kind of like going to college because, like, in West Shore, I was kind of good in middle school. And then I got to high school and realized there was levels. And then, like, I went to Wisconsin Cheesehead for the first time, and I went, like, three and four, three and five. And I was just out there getting, like, but whooped in. That was a is that dual meet tournament. No, that was a that was an individual tournament. I was. How'd one, you get? 
How'd you lose five times then? You go, oh, like, I don't. It wasn't double get, elimination. You I just stayed know. in it. I was, they got you a bunch of exhibition matches. I guess. I don't. It was probably they something. They did you dirty. Whatever they, they did. did. <laughs> <laughs> I must have won like three and two or four and two or something okay, like that. Okay. Something more reasonable. I don't know. I just remember wrestling a lot at that tournament. Yeah. And my coaches were just telling me to trust the process and keep going. That was another. Wait, when you said I kept jumping weight classes, I was a 184-pounder. Our 195-pounder was about to be ineligible, and they were like, well, we're going to bump you up to 195, and you're going to wrestle. And I'm like, all right, bet. Let's go. <laughs> so that got you that got you tenderized up for college when, <laughs> when you need to go 74 and then to – then go 84 and 97 yeah they got me got me got me ready my coach said you never always be ready for any weight class you know we might put you anywhere and coach f was right and i was always prepared to wrestle anything rather i had to cut weight or bump up a weight class so it was always my mindset yeah but yeah me getting into ads and me not having like a great amount of like money and like all those things were different and they really helped me like get through i can always remember my nsca trip where i took third my freshman year yeah like my parents sent me with like a decent amount of money but there was a point where like i'll take the hotel food and i'll just i'll be surviving off of like stale bagels and apples just trying to <laughs> wrestle and i just didn't eat shit and then like i ended up like taking third and my coaches were like what do you eat and i'm like I had hotel food. This is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What's crazy is I haven't, I didn't realize it until I started coaching at Virginia Elite next door um, how much impact your high school and middle school coaches can have on you so quickly. Like, that's all All those guys at St. Ed's and, and Coach Kozicki, too, and obviously with the wrestling factory and him, that's that's his main primary thing now. Um, you know, that's their secondary job, usually. Like, Coach Hef would come from the firehouse. Like, we, you probably wrestled with him some days where you'd be like, you smell like fire. And he would be <laughs> like, I was in a fire today. Um, and it kind of puts it in perspective because it's like um, they're sacrificing just taking you guys on road trips, being away from your family and doing all that stuff. And then, like you said, fundraising. That's what uh, uh, Jeff Leonard, Coach Leonard, did for me, too, to go to Fargo. The year that I won it, I think he got a don't um, – got uh, – I think it was Ryan Bertine, actually, from, from Michigan, national champ there, who co- – Roby actually helped coach when he was there. But he actually donated to, to my fund to send me up there on the bus and – that may have been the year that I ended up winning it, which probably completely redirected my entire recruiting career. I was a cadet. It was like my sophomore year, sophomore year summer. But those guys sacrifice a ton. It's kind of cool to see how much gets put back in our sport, and especially at St. Ed's, too. It's ridiculous how much, you know, there's there's people that love and take so much pride and joy in coming back and giving giving back to that program, too. But to make it to make it work, to, to completely probably redirect your life as well, like you said, I don't I don't know. Do you think you probably would have ended up wrestling Division One if you had went anywhere else? Oh God, no! <laughs> I, I, looking back at it, going to San Jose was probably the best decision for me on anyone's part. Like the amount of times Coach Kazaki like drove me to like off season tournaments or amount of time, energy, and effort those coaches put into me to become a better wrestler and even a better man is absolutely insane and i would not have got that to go into parma or berea or wherever i was at at that time because i bounced around a lot as a kid growing up and mm-hmm. like that was like saying that was like my home like that was like my home away from home i didn't i it was a great family like we bounced around a lot that was like my fifth school i've been at but that's the one that i felt like was most like home for me yeah which uh which other colleges were you looking at too when you when you before you made your decision to go to virginia tech uh, I was I was kind of all over the place because you know like money talks. So I was looking at <laughs> I was uh my top five were Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan when they had a program. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. That, I took a visit up to Ypsilanti too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they were really throwing some money at me. And um, I said Central, Eastern Michigan, Ohio State, Virginia Tech, and Iowa State. Those were yeah. because you know Coach Dresser talking about him came up to me. I think it was my sophomore year. I went to Ironman and I didn't even place. I went like two and two or three and two or something like mm-hmm. that. And like 
but I wrestled like. But I, you wrestle hard, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he like, saw you break some kid, and he was like, <laughs> "Yep, I, w- I want that." Yeah, I had. A, I think <laughs> I had the first. I beat the fir- first or second or third seed my sophomore year, first round, and like I crushed. Like I didn't crush him, but I beat him. And like overtime, and then like I just kept wrestling hard throughout the whole tournament. Gosh, you had one match too. I remember watching it where you got, he was a pretty pretty good kid, uh, and you got him so tired. You ended up losing. This is in the quarters of the semifinals. Michael Beard. Michael Beard. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, he was so tired in that one. Yeah, <laughs> you beat me by like it. two or four points, but I you was, were on your way back too, and you gave up some takedown. I think in the third period. And, yeah, it oh. was. That was quite the match. I tried to <laughs> – just tough nose wrestling in Cleveland, man. I can't really describe it. But, yeah, like just Coach Dresser ended up really liking me, came up to me, made fun of my flat feet, and he wanted me to <laughs> – like sophomore year. He's like, you know where Virginia Tech is? I'm like, no. No, I don't. He's like, have you heard of it? I'm like, no, I have not. But I know Ty Russell's there, so that's kind of cool. And that's I remember – Yeah, I remember you coming in that winter – and you're yeah. just a big dude. And I'm like, wow, he is massive. And I remember wrestling with you. I was like, look at this dweeb. And then you double leg me and you put your head right in my chest. I was like, I'm not going to wrestle with that kid again. <laughs> and, and then you just saw it, like the nicest high crotch. I mean, I like try sprawling it away. I'm like, oh, he's, he does some grown man strength. I ain't getting away from that. <laughs> that was right after me getting absolutely pounded by Dominic Abinator. So. Dude, yeah, you guys... That's one of the other best traditions that they have there is all those guys that come back. And then you got to kind of be a part of that. You've went back over Christmas break. And, yeah, it's and a really nice and fun tradition of just wrestling with, like, the high schoolers and being them down and, like, showing them, like, there's levels to this. And but Dominic Abinator is, like, the one that comes to mind a lot. He really, like, molded me into, like, realizing what tough, hard college wrestling is because his hand fighting was brutal and he beat me down so many times and came back. He was good on top, too. Yeah, he is. I did not escape, not once. <laughs> yeah, he was good on top in high school where it was, like, legendary for any of the dudes that knew how to actually ride legs. And he actually not only knew how to ride them but was, like, really good at them, too. And I never even probably escaped from him when I would wrestle with him and I was probably 30, 40 pounds heavier than him. <laughs> so you just finished up. The first semester of your fifth year, how did it go? And just for our listeners, what are you studying? I studied public health, and I'm gonna get my minor in sociology. And I just, I don't know. I always find like the way humans react and like people's mental health and like the public health fortitude and see how like the workplace and all that really affects people. Like I always found the passion for like the way like people think and how they react to things and like being like a reader of like people's emotions that may came from my childhood or not but like i always can like walk into a room and like i always first thing i try to do is like read a room see what everyone's thinking see You're how empathetic yeah i'm pretty uh yeah i'm a pretty empathetic person you definitely are because like even when you're talking about like kind of um i mean you have the you have both sides of the story you were the bullied kid at one point, but also learn learn the other side of that, and and now know how to defend yourself, stick up for yourself, and have have that type of personality. So, it may, like part of being empathetic is being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and obviously you can do that because you've been on the other side of that one so many times. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I remember because this quote always like stuck in my head. Like for people who always like felt bad or like something bad happened to people like a couple of bad things happened to me in my life and like there's I remember as a kid and this is not me being cheesy this is, I actually remember this where I'm like I don't want anyone to feel what I'm feeling right now so I'm not going to try to inflict this on anyone else and like there's been so many situations where I'm like wow this I feel terrible and this is horrible I would never want anyone to feel like this or be treated like this ever again so I try to like change a lot of the ways I present myself or like challenges I face seeing different people and that's why like whenever my teammates are down or sad I feel like I can be someone they can talk to and like multiple people have came up to me and like I'm always trying to be there for my teammates as much as possible from like kind of the outside looking in just kind of being being on our on our staff and and watching you guys interact as athletes you do seem to be like the guy that can can motivate other people that other people uh, gravitate towards because of your energy and stuff like that. Um, have you always kind of been that guy? Were you that guy when you're in high school? Uh, or were you a little bit more behind the scenes then? 
Oh, man. I was a little bit more behind the scenes. I didn't really, like, become that guy until, like, I had Coach Half and Urbis tell me I have a gift of helping other people and, like, being that guy and, like, turning. Like, they always said, like, they always told me, like, whenever something bad happens to you, you always snap back and you always, like, restart yourself. Resilient, yeah. Yeah, and they always, like, made that, like, a clear point to tell me that. And I'm like, yeah, you are, you are right. And they're like, you always can, like, find the good and the bad. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are right. And they're like, no matter how bad you feel, no matter how, like, bad something is, you can always come back and figure something better off happening in that situation. And I try to do that for a lot of people because a lot of people, it's, like when you when you're in that hole, when you're deep in the darkness, it's hard to find the light. Especially when like certain issues happen, and like especially for college, because college is such a different playing field. You're not near your family. If you have a healthy home life, you have grades, you have your relationships, and all that. And I'm like, sometimes you just need someone to talk to and vent to and like rant to. And like I try to be that guy for a lot of people. That's pretty awesome. And even right now, I mean, just talking to you right now, I mean, you're kind of oozing the, 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 the things that you're preaching because you are right now dealing with an injury, not, not out competing uh, like you would want to be doing, uh, whether that was as a starter or, or even going to, going to one of these tournaments that's coming up. Um, but you still, you know, you, your mind's on what that next thing is going to be. And that's pretty awesome. Your story of resilience isn't just uh, through college. Uh, it makes sense that it that it was all the way back through through where you're at, and that's also good and important that as you climb up towards the things that you're reaching for, you know, you re- you look back and you help others along with you too. So that's that's great. That's as good of a, a good of a trait as you could possibly have as a teammate. I feel like, and even like. Just even piggyback off of that, like, not to be sappy, but when Callshot, like, grabbed me, like, when I was talking to him about, like, what's the season entails, this and that, he even, like, said, like, you're probably one of the, like, like, you've been, I've been around some good teammates, but, like, you're probably one of the best teammates I've been around. That really, like, helped me, like, become better. Like, whenever I, like, positivity is passed around and, like, people say positive things, I, like, kind of feed off of that. That's how I'm motivated. A lot of people are motivated differently. Like, you got to find what motivates you. But when I'm motivated through positivity, people tell me, like, I do good things. I want to do things even better. So when he told me, like, you're a good teammate, this and that, he's, like, he's been around good teammates like Brooks Wilding. He compared me to him. When he compared me to him, I was like, wow, I must (laughs) be doing something right because that's a good dude. Like, he's a He's a pinnacle teammate, pinnacle man, and, like, I try to strive and be, like, great men I see in the room and see around, like, you and Hot, and, like, I just strive to be, like, better than what I was before. That's freaking badass, dude. That's a good person to be uh, held in the same same, same level as, too. Brooks Wilding, for uh, any Virginia Tech fans listening, graduated just a few years ago. Um, he... Uh, wasn't wasn't your starter uh, year in and year out? He, he he had his moments where where he was uh, out there, and that was probably minimal times when when our fans in Castle got to see him come out and wrestle. Um, but he was a guy behind the scenes that would do literally everything he could possibly do to help Virginia Tech move forward. Whether it was uh, be you know, my partner, Hawk's partner, when, when we were preparing to do something, even for me at the senior level, he'd come in on a Saturday if I was leaving on Sunday and come and work out with me um, uh, or, or would step in whenever we need somebody in the lineup. Uh, outside and off of the mat was running Bible studies for our guys, did anything he could possibly do to help Virginia Tech, the men that are on the Virginia Tech team, move forward. So definitely a legendary teammate when you think of when you think of dudes uh that have come come through virginia tax team that's that's great that's cool you brought up his name too <laughs> so kind of moving forward on like a lighter note since we've i, I feel like we dealt with every single <laughs> different heavier and, and historic topic of you coming up like through through wrestling and, and through st ed's and through uh the wrestling factory and all that stuff too um outside off off of the mat just like a day for like today for instance if you finish up lifting in the morning and you have some time before practice in the afternoon what are you going to be doing 
Uh, and if I'm like in school, I'm usually doing school work because I have a hard time focusing on stuff. <laughs> I'm a lot. Of, <laughs> I'm a lot of learning. I'm dyslexic and I have a little bit of ADHD, so like I literally have to sit there for four hours and like try to learn something, which is rough. But if I'm not doing that, I usually I, I like to read or I if I really want to like relax, I play some video games. Like I'm really into video games and like which games have you been playing lately? Uh, I've been playing God of War Ragnarok. The game is great. I absolutely love it absolute masterpiece of a video game and like i highly recommend it to any viewers listening to this right now (laughs) but yeah i usually play like story driven games that make me like want to like feel or something or i play dark souls because you know i love a good challenging game games you guys probably never heard you were big on the last of us too right yeah that's such a good game that's that's having a new hbl series which looks really good i was gonna say yeah do they have tom hardy playing the dude that's yeah they have tom hardy who's even that what's his name joel Joel. Yeah, he's a he's a very complex character, and like, I don't it's a pretty big deal. They got Tom Hardy playing him. Well, like he's as big ticket of a of a actor that you could possibly have. Yeah, and I was also thinking they probably got the money in the budget because the Last of Us story is going to be really well in ap- episode format. And if you ever played the game and you know what the story's about, it's really like a deep loving relationship, and the shows like the complexities of like human nature and like Tim and his daughter correct no this that's not his daughter it's not his daughter this do you, you want some tell, spoilers you could tell now that I've only watched game trailers of it because <laughs> I, I did not have a do you want some spoilers I don't want to spoil it for you I don't know if you plan on watching the series does he find her it's not his daughter I'm no. guessing he finds her it's post-apocalyptic right is no do you setting? want me to get into it <sighs> let's just stay broad on right, I'm just gonna stay broad so <laughs> That's not his daughter. He has to deliver that girl because she has a cure for a virus to oh. a certain station. Yes. Sweet. So he can get his money and guns back. But it takes a big drastic turn into like how people see how he perceives relationships, family life, this and that. And it shows the complexity of his character and how he really is as a man. And it's really good. It's, I highly recommend it. Play the second one too. The second one's the second one's a little bit more like different, a lot different than the first, but you people will really enjoy the second one as well. And you like God of War, is it three? Is that the one that not three? That's the fifth three? one. The fifth one? Yeah. The one that you're playing currently is the fifth one. Yeah, that's the fifth one. In the, the one mainline. prior to that. What was that one called? That was just that was God of War. They revamped it and that, put it in yeah, Norse they mythology. Just, that's where they went yeah. through one through three. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we got to redo the season or the series kind of. And they just exactly. did God of War and they kind of rebranded him as the, the Norse yeah. kind of guy. That's the one where he has his son with him, correct? Right. He has Atreus. And like they go through like. I really like this God of War because, like, in, like, the first three, he was, like, really vengeful. It was, like, a, he was a killer. But now he's, like, a wise man. And he, like, does a lot of things, like, differently. He doesn't want to kill everything now. He wants to think through things. And he doesn't want to hurt anyone unless they're hurting him or his child. So that's why I really respected it. You really see the growth of the character. And, like, he has some great one-liners. My favorite <laughs> one-liner is death can have me when it earns me i'm like that's the hardest line i've ever heard in my life i'm like oh my god <laughs> like, i had to pause the game he said it so casually too i'm like did he really just say that while sled riding <laughs> that's pretty funny that you pay just like i haven't played too many video games lately but one that i replayed through recently is fear or like um it's it's like F E A R. Yeah, I remember that game. That game scared me as a kid. Yeah, it scared me <laughs> when I was little too when I played it. But they put it on sale for like five dollars on Steam. Right. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna get this and replay it because the slow mo combat, best thing that you could ever imagine in the whole world. Like, and especially because they did like the physics and and like the shadows. So if you hit a light, the light's spinning and blinking and all in slow motion. It looks awesome. But I replayed it just recently, mm-hmm. and and it's a surprisingly shorter game too. It didn't take very long at all. That's how like mid two thousand games were. That was mid two thousand shooters. Era. That's where I live at, bro. <laughs> yeah, I and I, that era. I'm running out of people to relate to because <laughs> I have like you know Half Life two or, or any of the Half Life yeah. games in the series, uh, like Counter Strike. Did you play Odd World? No, I never played Odd World. That, that was, was a, nuts. That was With a PlayStation. Crossbow? That was a PlayStation exclusive, wasn't it? I, I think, think it came was. out for Xbox at one maybe. point, but it took a while. He I'm had thinking a of Psychonauts. Yeah, Psychonauts. Psychonauts yeah, was... that game was also really good. Yeah, the PlayStation had some freaking good exclusives. But anyways, with Fear, I was so upset that they didn't have a skip cutscene button. 
Because that's how detached I was from the story (laughs) in that game, where the complete opposite of you, where you're talking about like the major themes that God of War had and Last of Us had with (laughs) the character development throughout it. Yeah, where all I know from fear (laughs) is my my guy's character is called the Point Man, and they sent me in to annihilate everything in slow motion, and that was it. (laughs) Super cool. They just read. Really weird, creepy, scary girl that would pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that always got me. That game was really good. And then I loved Killzone growing up. Killzone was Killzone like was the, so good. Kills, like, I wish they like did a better job with it with the PS4 and PS5 era. But they yeah. started making Horizon Zero Dawn. It's an okay game. Really don't mm-hmm. care for it. I don't care for the combat or like the moving. It's a little too slow. But Killzone. Oh, I love Killzone. PlayStation never. And this actually will be a good segue into what I will talk about here in a second, but PlayStation never got their Halo killer. Killzone was the only thing that they kind of talked about potentially as a Halo killer, but nowhere close. Like they didn't have any online community. They I think Xbox Live, you know, made them step back a lot with that. But I did love Killzone a lot growing up because you could do bots. Yeah. Like you can go into multiplayer just play, just play you could bots. load up like <laughs> 20 bots or something and then you could just go right. go ham and and do that for <laughs> for multiple right hours <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> but speaking of playstation and especially as you as a playstation guy microsoft did just acquire they did acquire bethesda right oh, yeah, that breaks my heart but i also saw that they and that's fine for me because Microsoft also makes computers and has the PC master race. So that's fine by <laughs> me, bro. But they also are talking about acquiring Activision, and that includes the Call of Duty series, where it's like, dude, could you imagine PlayStation trying to sell like gaming consoles when they don't have you know the the, the big, big hitters especially yeah. like you, you're telling me uh elder scrolls 6 is gonna come out and i can't play it on my playstation 5 yeah that's gonna be nuts i was thinking about that too are you ready to switch over to an xbox oh man i don't have the money to do that <laughs> as much as i would like to have multiple consoles i really don't have the money to do that but it does upset me because i wanted to play potential s- nil deal yeah <laughs> if you microsoft streaming. please <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play Starfield, and that looks so good. It's like No Man's Sky, but it does like look sweet. in space. It looks badass. Like Elder Scrolls in space, and I'm like, oh, this game looks so good, and the story's probably great, and I can't play it. But I, I love know. how you jump immediately to that, oh, the story's probably great, where for me, it's like, you better be able to build a cool house in this. <laughs> you better, opposite side. You better be able to have, like, great... I Trust me, I understand. Like, Fallout 4, like, with the base building, that was really good. I thought they did a really good job with that. Wasn't my cup of tea, but yeah. I prefer to hit the quest and all that stuff. I liked the quest in Fallout, yeah. though. They did have some, some good ones. Like, and even, like, in Elder Scrolls, for me, this dates me, but, like, in Oblivion, you had... Oh, that was my uncle's favorite game. It's my favorite game. Yeah, he I wouldn't think. even play the main story. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to Mm-mm. because there you could go and do the thieves guild or the fighters guild. Those are two of my favorite quest lines that they had in the entire thing. Like especially the thieves guild, you you got it to the point where if you won and if you basically did every quest in the thieves guild, you got to put on the cowl of I forgot the guy who it was, but you could put it on. And your bounty would go up to like infinity and guards would try and hunt you down. But you can steal a whole bunch of shit while you're doing it. And then as soon as you took it off, like nobody would recognize you. Guards would just go back. to <laughs> It was game breaking. It was great game breaking. But like totally what you deserve after finishing an entire quest line. Right. Where that was like what I remember most from that game as opposed to like I couldn't even tell you what was going on in the main quest line. Although you probably would have been freaking all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm mostly. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I like played Skyrim, I enjoyed Skyrim. That just, I was always too young to play Oblivion or really understand it. So Skyrim was really. Yeah, and my it's hard to go team. back. The, yeah, it's dated. Like it's I even so tried to go dated. back and play Morrowind, the one before it. Yeah, not happening. That's rough. even with mods. I'm like, oh, this is just not. No. This is a crunch, man. And I play old games like like that's my favorite thing. Right, like, I played like Doom sixty four. Like a, a couple, like last year, where I'd say like, I don't mind playing. Like fine wine, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. 
going back to Skyrim though, like doing the Thieves Guild and like doing all that. Like, Thieves Guild and Skyrim rock too. Yeah, that, I really enjoy that one. Or like turning into a werewolf in that one, or playing the DLC and riding the dragons. That really like resonated with me. I'm yeah. like, this is sick. <laughs> yes, that was like that's exactly what you want out of a out of an RPG. And I never played the MMO though. I don't care to play with with other people. Yeah, that's how I am. I'm not really a big. Um, social gamer like all the games i played like i haven't been like i liked skyrim but my favorite like genre like of that was the demon souls and dark souls because i enjoy mm. pain but <laughs> me too me too <laughs> it's just it's a different type of roughness and like just doing those quest lines are different because for you and skyrim and like oblivion sometimes the quest lines are like laid out for you and like i was elders and Elden Ring, they'll like say some like off the wall, like the tree that blows to the north. You're like, and what you're does like, that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but do you look up walkthroughs? Yeah, I, I look up walkthroughs because there's there's a point where like there's like four different endings, and then there's one ending in Elder Elder uh, Elder Ring. You had to like like jump all the way down to like this like sewage part and like talk to this dude, and then go talk to someone else, and then talk to someone else. And I'm like just sitting here. I'm like, how did anyone figure this out? Like, you had to, like, <laughs> like, first of all, this is behind, like, two hidden passages. How'd you get this far, do this cutscene, and then get this ending? Like, how'd you, like, that was just nuts to me. Like, this one dude was talking about, like, it's the quest line from this NPC. And, like, he, like, said this off the wall, like, you had to go into sewage. And I'm like, where is this? <laughs> I'm like, I can never understood this. And then, like, I watched someone else do this. I'm like, man, this probably took him, like, hours to like actually get here and find this out <laughs> that's how i would always be like when i grew up in high school runescape was really big on the pc and you try and do the quests in that game like it, they're so vague they're so like the map is humongous you have no clue where you're going in it so unless you have like two monitors on your computer you're going to be switching tabs a lot where you're going to be here <laughs> Like looking at your character, and then you have to read an entire dictionary <laughs> over here to figure out where you're going. Kind of really took you out of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was with Elden Ring at the time. And I'm like, all right, I just gotta figure this out. And then what they made that game really like Elden Ring was a lot better than the original Dark Souls and Demon Souls because they were super thick. And Elden Ring, it's like, oh, you might see the character. The character will pop up a lot more. And Demon Souls and Dark Souls, you have to be at this certain place, certain time. Has to happen, then maybe it'll happen. But if that doesn't work out, then you're just like, oh, we do again? <laughs> so kind of a more simple game that I know you enjoy playing too is Mortal Kombat, correct? Yeah, I love fighting games. I absolutely love fighting games. Do you play the UFC games too? Uh, I don't. <laughs> funny, so I don't. I don't like sports games because if I could do something in real life, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like MMA, when I see like people playing MMA games, and I'm like, this is so unrealistic. It just it takes me out of it. I can't help it. <laughs> so you have zero hopes for the future of a wrestling game potentially ever coming out. Oh, that would be so cool. But you know, how it, hard would it, is? it would be impossible. It would be so impossible. impossible. Like just the reaction time. Like MMA, you can get away with it with the stand up because Fight Night did it well too. Yeah. So they kind of. EA kind of transitioned like that fighting mechanics in MMA, which made it good. But what made that like super like good and simple? They the ground game's like really really basic. You like you press this button, you mash this button to get out. Yeah, isn't that? Can you imagine just like rolling the analog sticks? Yeah, that was UFC two thousand nine. Yeah, was the first one I ever played. I think it was the first one I ever come out and had Forrest Griffin on the front. Right, I remember which is that. so funny to <laughs> think so of him being like old. the bad dude, <laughs> and then him getting knocked out by Anderson Silva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like Ooh, we probably that probably happened in the same year. They're like yeah. maybe we should rethink the cover. I know where I sent it. <laughs> so you said that you don't like playing stuff that you could do in real life. So you have yeah. uh, ambitions to to fight uh, after college, correct? Yes, I. That is the goal. I don't know if I'm going back to Cleveland or anything like that, but the, I want to start fighting. Like honestly, I would love to start fighting in the off season this year because I'm coming back for my sixth year. But I know Roby would never let that slide. So I'm just gonna start dabbling in jujitsu and getting my ground game as best as possible mm -hmm. then hopefully ethan holds for me with the focus mint so that's really good so i don't know i'm just gonna keep my skills sharp so when the time presents itself i can make a big splash in the mma community yeah and it's i mean even the the more you fine-tune your wrestling skills too i mean that's gonna be 
even though you grew up with an MMA background and know how to do jujitsu and box, I mean, your wrestling's still going to be your, your main, your main skill set that you're taking into it. So, right. I mean, one more year of hardcore wrestling, that's more than a lot of freaking that's UFC, more. any UFC dudes, Bellator dudes. I mean, sure. They go and they get workouts in with, with, with college wrestlers, but you know, doing an extra year, especially with as long as some of these MMA careers can be, right. you know, by, especially doing like one, two fights a year or, or smaller kind of crawling your way up. Like, that's a good investment, I feel like. I agree with you entirely. And plus, there's a reason why wrestlers excel at the MMA level so much because a lot of people like, oh, I see UFC want to jump into this. And you got to realize, like, cutting weight aspect, being healthy aspect. Like, for me, like, coming in, going to uh, college wrestling, like, I can shut down partying when I'm in season. Like, yeah. six or seven months, it's no problem. Like, I'm like, I'm dialed in. I'm ready to go. Everything. I'm living my life right. I'm eating right. I'm drinking my water, this and that. A lot of MMA fighters are like people that jump into MMA don't understand that you got you to gotta cut that out. That would be crazy to yeah. never go through college wrestling and then, you know, do a sport and not understand the discipline right. side of things. Exactly. And, and what weight. actually being focused it looks like. Right. Like, I plan on fighting at 170, and I wrestled 174, and every weekend I would kill myself to make that weight over and over again. I'm used to that grind. I'm used to, like, being like, all right, I got to make 170 in, like, two months. I could do it easily. I could do it healthy. I have 24-hour weigh-ins. 24-hour weigh-ins would make, yeah. it, make it nice. And you probably, I mean, I know a lot of those fighting guys, they don't really lift weights that much, right? Well, so they do and they don't. It's a different type of weightlifting. Like, it's as functional as it can possibly be. Right. I'm trying to be lean, functional. I'm running a lot. It's more of being explosive. I gotta. You got to think about it, too. Tony Gravely said a wrestling match is a lot more like in, like cardio taxing and i want to i want to be the minority here i'm gonna disagree because <laughs> fighting for 15 minutes or to 25 minutes five rounds or three rounds and you're fighting as hard as possible i know you get like a 30 second a minute break in between but still though like you are fighting if you're fighting right you're you're gonna be exhausted dude afterwards. i know in freestyle wrestling those 30 second breaks they're useless like <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you're like james green and you just never even breathe through your mouth and you're just like <laughs> and then he's good to go like yeah. I'm not like that I'm like <gasps> okay I need to go get to, I'm down by six I need to figure this out I'll start wrestling now for these next few minutes but I can imagine them being even shorter when you're in when you're fighting in a cage and you know and the rounds are so much longer too and it's like sure you you could you could say that like when you're on your back in jujitsu and just maybe maybe defending or you're kind you of see, in a stalemateable type right. position that's a complete difference though like people will say that but if you you're fighting someone good and you're on your back you're jujitsu you're defending yourself yeah dude. you're getting punched in the face like you're not you're not breathing people mm-hmm. are like well there's a lot more downtime if you're fighting someone that knows any are good and knows how to get to positions yeah. on the ground you're getting beat up you got to move and moving that frantically and trying to get away that much. And you can, on top of you being cut up and on top of you get, taking damage is a completely different ball game. Yeah. What's his name? What's his name? The kid from Minnesota uh, who started fighting a couple or last year. God, what's his name? Uh, uh, he has a brother that wrestles for him now. They're 25 pounder. I think. Oh, I think I know. He, I can't think. Mitch of his McGee. Name. Mitch McGee. Mitch I didn't McGee. know he started fighting. No yeah, way. He fought, and I got to watch him. I was in Minnesota training. And we got to right. watch his first like kind of pro fight. I imagine he just dominated on the ground. His he top did, game was insane. But he got put in a guillotine off of his double leg. Dude hopped up, got it pretty tight. And that's and one thing wrestlers got to be fr- like. Absolutely. Frankie That's, Edgar, Sean Shark, like, whenever they shot, they're getting kneed in the face. They're getting choked out. You got to be, like, as a wrestler, like, making that transition, it's really hard for a lot of them to figure out the striking game and the defense game. But that was, we. I actually got a chance to talk to him after it, too. And he's like, I was just so hyped up. My adrenaline, and I have, I dude, I couldn't imagine what it would be like for a fight. Like, that's where you really have to be. You know, find your center and like right. make sure you're all right. But still, you're walking out for your first <laughs> fight and you get to beat somebody up. Like that's gonna be freaking exciting as shit. Yeah. And 
But he said he like like double egged him and he just started panicking because he's like, no way, I'm actually gonna lose this fight right here in this guillotine. And he said his corner yelled at him uh, while he was in the guillotine, like, relax, relax, just take your time here. Like, you know how to get out of guillotine. If you're gonna freaking like kind of kind of go crazy right. in there, you're just gonna exactly. make it worse. You're just gonna choke yourself and, out. And he like was able to relax, get out, and then he eventually TKO the dude, and it was exactly. sweet. But that was one of those things where I thought of where I'm like, gosh, dude, like it, you have to be such a, a pro at managing your emotions, managing your, uh, your breathing, your heart rate right. to get through that. That that's true focus endurance. I mean, 15 minutes, 25 for those title fights. It's crazy. Dude. Exactly. It's crazy. Just going off of like, just going off of that just makes me think about like my last, my first kickboxing fight ever. It was in a cage. It was when even, was this? I was fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I was, when, I, when I was fourteen, the things that I was doing were completely different than that. I was probably crying in the car trying to tell my mom I didn't want to go to football practice. <laughs> yeah, my first uh, kickboxing fight. I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> we're just gonna laugh about it. I was gonna be like another like fourteen year old, and my dad <laughs> he scheduled. I fought a twenty two year old grown man. <laughs> At first, I'm like, all right, this is probably his first fight too. My dad's like, no, he has two amateur MMA fights. He's a well established amateur MMA fighter, and I'm like, bro, I just got done with wrestling season. I didn't even. I literally did a month worth of striking. And this dude is chiseled, a chiseled 170 pounder with a 14 year old 170 pounder. And let me tell you, when I like, when I stepped in that cage and like I heard like the chain, like the cage get locked up. I heard, kuh, kuh. Oh, I still, cool. I still can feel my. I get goosebumps just thinking about it and hearing that and looking up. And this dude was ready to tear my head off. Yeah. We still had headgear. We had headgear on and shin pads, so I can only imagine. Like, I'm so excited to feel it without all that on. He still gave me a concussion with all that stuff on. <laughs> he still he still rocked my noggin, but, like, just, like, the adrenaline rush and me being able to, like, him just wailing on me for the first minute and then him tiring out and me being able to get back at it against him. Dude. And, like, it was just nuts. It was a crazy feeling. The experience. entire thing sounded like a comedy skit. Oh, it was. Like, it was a fever 14 dream. 14-year-old kid walks in the cage like, all right, Dad, like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. And your dad's like, all right, you better be. Like, why? Is this guy pretty good? Uh, yeah, he's got two professional fights under his belt. Oh, yeah. By the way, he's 22 years old. <laughs> I know. Bro, Wayne's really threw me for a little bit. He was chiseled. <laughs> he just got out of jail. <laughs> he just got out of jail. What do you mean? Go out of jail for a hump? <laughs> Manslaughter. Oh, okay. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, he killed the last guy he fought. You can be all right. You got to get Here's the gate. Clean. <laughs> Oh, oh man, dude, it's great! Like the adrenaline experience. Like, I think about it now, and I'm like, I can't wait to fight. I just can't wait to do it. It's just, I don't know, just in my blood, just my bloodline. I just, I just like to fight. I like anything that's tough now. Like I had to grow up into that, but yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I can't wait to watch you fight. That'll be, it'll be cool to see you uh, even more in your in your own environment. And I mean, it would be cool just to like, cause cause the pageantry surrounding fighting is even cooler. And I feel like you do a good job with that within wrestling. Like, I, you're you're a headphones dude, right? Yeah, I like, like to keep my I like I listen to different types of music. And like, I keep it like. What are you usually bumping through there before you wrestle? Uh, you guys are gonna find this very shocking, but I do not listen to DMX or Fifty Cent all the time. I like EDM. <laughs> I like listening to like really like like dance music and like music that like gets my footwork going and like gets me excited and it's happy. Fun to bounce around too. Yeah. But thinking about that, where now, I mean, when you go out and fight, at least when you start getting into bigger fights, you got your walkout song. You walk out into the cage. You could bounce around in there. Right. I feel like you're going to do a really good job at that. Like that, I can picture you in that environment just just reveling in it. I already got my walkout song picked out. You've already yeah, envisioned it's all like, this stuff. The Django Unchained, great movie if you've ever seen it. Oh, yeah. Is it, it, Rick Ross was a couple songs on the, yeah, on the soundtrack for that. Which one did you, which one did you like? It's actually with Tupac and James Brown. It's called Unchained. Oh man! And I, I would love to make my college walk out too much cussing, and I just know that wouldn't fly. Very Tucker, Tucker would be like, "Cody, we can't, we can't do this." And I'm like, "All right, that's fair, but yeah, that's very gonna... limited in cast coliseum with the yes. walkouts." And plus, you yes. only get a short little, little, little glimpse of it. Yeah, yeah. where if, like with legit walkout songs, like they play about like a minute and a half, two minutes of it. They'll just leave it on while you're doing your 
your Vaseline right. on your face and stuff, which exactly. is sweet. Exactly. Yeah, that's that. That's going to be my go-to. That's. I'm so excited to like actually walk out to that. It's going to be my side after this, man. That yeah. sounds great. <laughs> um, but hopefully you don't get too too ahead of yourself, dude. Because I know that you have you have a lot of goals here still that you you have left to accomplish, and uh, with less time to do them than you started out with. Um, but I know that you you're as resilient as people can get you've been through and done all these things that that have gotten you to the point that you are and you're following the path and you're doing every single thing you could possibly do to make yourself successful and it's a pleasure to be by your side as you do these things and it was a pleasure talking to you this afternoon too thanks for coming cody thanks i love it appreciate it dude yeah Thank you so much for listening to episode number one of the Ty Wallace podcast. Please keep your eye out for episode number two and more episodes to follow. Every single aspect of podcasting from recording to editing to even the questions that I asked during the conversations is completely new to me. Uh, so please be patient and I will do my best to push out as much content as I possibly can. Thank you.